517 on January 15th, 2024. Open the Craft Beer Radio live on tape from the kitchen studio. <laughs> I'm Jeff. I'm Shannon. I'm Greg. And we're back for the new year. Uh, and we have some beers. Surprise. Really changing it up this year. You wouldn't expect a show called Craft Beer Radio. To have some beers. And yet. Here we are. Here we are. What do we have first, Jeff? What's on this list? This is the Shredding Pow, the West Coast style IPA from Hop Farm Brewing Company. Shredding Pow. Like a... Short for powder. Because there's ski goggles on the front. That would make sense. Oh. It is a West Coast style IPA. I believe on the side of it, it has information. Uh, hit the slopes with our West Coast style IPA, dry hopped with Galaxy Nelson Savon, and uh, that'll avalanche the senses with notes of grapefruit, blah 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 blah, blah and lift the lift in Shredding Pow. Perfect mm. beer for the lift and Shredding Pow. It's slang for skiing in the freshly falling snow, kind of like what we could be doing right now. In the- where? Actually falling snow. There's no snow well, out there. At the slopes, though. Oh. Well, yeah, there are some slopes out there that got huge blizzards, right? Yeah. But uh, not, I'm not a skier, so. All right. <laughs> so West Coast-style IPA, so it's not supposed to be hazy. Now, this one has some haze to it, probably from the hopping. It is a gold with a light and diminishing head. The grapefruit. It's a galaxy in there, right? Um, yeah. Nelson. Galaxy and Nelson. First thing I smell is kind of grapefruit. Grapefruit pith. I was thinking guava, actually. Get a little bit of that, too. There's a bit of, like, sulfuriness there. Where grapefruit yeah, doesn't, doesn't have that sulfuriness, so. It's really cold. It is very cold. This was, um, I, I just bought it right before I came here. Oh, okay. And so it was in the fridge. It had actually just arrived at the store um, that day. So who knows? I have no idea what it tastes like, um, but I grabbed a four pack. So, Well, while we're waiting for it to warm up, I have a gripe. So there's Oh, a, no. It's a science gripe. Well, it's a, it's a science fiction Okay. Gripe. So in that's the spoilers for um, the last episode of the current season of For All Mankind. Oh, uh, yes, that, that show. So it's a decent show. It's enjoyable. I like it. I like it's it's imagining the first settlement on Mars in this season, you know, so. OK. <laughs> it's, that, it's, it's the it's fourth good. season and it's yeah. they have they have a base on Mars. They have they power it. Uh, I, they probably cover that. I don't remember. Mm. Yeah. Probably fusion. I don't know. Yeah. They have fusion. They, they have fusion. Yeah. They have fusion in 2003 and for all mankind. Sure. It, it, it put all kinds of people out of work for, that's part of the plot line is like all the, the old energy sector people are uh-huh. out of work. It was a big kind of change, you know, sea change in labor force and stuff like that. But Might no, as they, well say they have magic. 
I discovered fusion. Um, well, the magic part. So the gripe for me is they discover this asteroid that is going nearby Mars and they want to capture it into orbit so they can mine it because it's a gajillion dollars of palladium and shit like that, right? Sure. Um, and NASA, it, it, like NASA, Russia, they're kind of working together and they decide they're going to use a gravity assist on Mars to set in a directory trajectory towards Earth, right? Smart. And, uh, so <laughs> because it would be cheaper to mine at Earth, Earth would be able to reap the rewards better than mining it right. at Mars and transiting Don't put better. it in L1 or don't put it in a Lagrange point where it's going to be stable and and not going to hit the Earth and all that stuff, right? Well, anyway, the the there's this, there's only let's say there's seventy people on Mars, like mm-hmm. that's the size of the crew. Maybe maybe 140, maybe double that, right? That's how small the base is. And a couple people have like Mars is their home now, and they feel if, if, if this asteroid gets rerouted to Earth, then all the space agencies will minimize their investment in Mars, and so they. It's a heist. It's a heist caper oh, where man. they decide to. It's even worse than I thought it was going to be. So they decide to um, break in and um, basically reroute the burn so it injects it into a Mars orbit. Okay. Mm-hmm. And but the thing that gets me is if you wanted it to get into Mars orbit, you'd want it to fall deeper into Mars's gravity well. So you would start the burn earlier, not let the burn go on longer. That would be like ineffective. Because you'd want it to get in closer on the flyby so it gets captured versus... Well, you're thinking, not thinking about orbital mechanics right here, I think. No? No. No? Because you're one, you want it to get... The, the point is to circularize your orbit once once you get it to the right like apogee, right? So you're... It's, it, I, I don't know. I'd have to think about yeah, it. Yeah, so I don't know. But they in implementing this, they overrode the engine shutoff so it burned for longer Mm -hmm. maybe it works but it like i'm looking at like they have diagrams and stuff and it's like you it'd be more effective to have it pull closer to mars on the ingress so it gets deeper in the gravity well and captured you know so you would start the the maneuver earlier than if you were trying to use it as a slingshot towards earth i don't know orbital mechanics is 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 fun okay it it doesn't work intuitively, so beer's but, probably warm now. So, <laughs> uh, but I will say, like I, I thought it was going to be about oh they they accidentally threw it towards Earth and they can't capture it is going to hit the Earth, but no, no. So when they first discovered this asteroid, that's what I thought it was. I thought it was going to be a extinction of life on Earth kind of thing, mm-hmm. and then everyone would have to work together to reroute the asteroid. That's what that's what I thought it was going to be when the the lonely astronomer. At the telescope, sure, you know the radio telescope or whatever, does, you know, discovered the thing, but that's not how it worked out. Um, this beer has a uh, dankness and a, a hop, hop bite to it, like it's it's like scratchy. Yeah, but it, it's West Coast without being like bitter bomb. Yeah. It's almost like a bit fresh hopped or yeah. or the essence of hops versus hopped beer. Like it's so green, yes. you know, like when you take a dry top even and roll it in your hands, kind of it's it's closer to that than it usually comes across mm-hmm. in beer. Yeah, so this is very fresh. I don't know if there's a date on this, but like I said, it came that day to the store 
So I expect this, you know, was right off the line practically. And so in beer, Shannon, tannins is almost always a production flaw where you mash too hot or steep the grains too long. Mm -hmm. You don't normally, I mean, if you extract tannins from the husks of the grain, um, that's a mistake. So usually it's probably something else you're tasting that. It's it's just kind of minerally to me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Bitterly is a good pick, yeah, because I think it, it's it's got so much of that bright kind of hop and, and really fresh that, mm-hmm. that it's um uh it, yeah it does have like a like yeah almost minerally or gravelly or something like that, that yeah. feels yeah a little I mean uh, it does kind of have this like chunky pseudo gritty mouthfeel like mm-hmm. it's not like it. <laughs> I don't think it's like I'm not feeling grits, but my brain's saying it's gritty. You mm-hmm. know? Like, yeah, yeah, no, it, it, it's not like it's it, it's a liquid. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> it's just it leaves that, and I'm trying to think of what it is that I. It's candy that mm-hmm. I like, but it leaves a gritty kind of texture on my tongue. Yeah. Um... It's not like toffee, right? Is it? No, it's not toffee. Hmm. I don't remember. Speaking of candy, the times we had had those hop candies, the, the way the hops come through in the candies is a yeah. lot like how it's coming through. Yeah. Right no, not terrible. Not, I think, uh, especially like blow your mind interesting either. I do. I am a fan of Hop Farms East, so I think that pretty much everything they make, I... I I tend to give them like a little bit of a plus point five or something just because I do mm-hmm. like the flavor of that yeast. So I enjoyed it. Um, yeah, I like it. It it had, I guess. I guess the best props I can give it is it had this notable hop punch without getting too catty, too um, dank, too. Mm-hmm too much of anything really Mm -hmm. and it was kind of on the bright side almost um almost like a a citrus type you know brightness to it uh where to next so i was just thinking it's kind of almost a a grape that isn't real juicy okay it's just kind of one of those that it's a purple grape that just doesn't have a whole lot of flavor, but it's got that powderiness on the interesting because that's kind of what I'm getting. Like a in, Concord grape, like, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I no, like I, it, I'm, it, it, that is reminding me of some like drinks that I've had that are not alcoholic, but they do have that scratchiness, mm-hmm. and grape soda might be one of those. So. Mm. Beyond or something. What do you pick now? So you, this is the kiln. This is kiln from Definitive Brewing Company. So this is Portland, Maine. Definitive's new barrel aging program with a focus on the marriage between adjuncts, two base stouts uh, aged uh, in bourbon barrels, and then uh, they say thoughtfully conditioned as opposed to just regular conditioned mm-hmm. on vanilla, marshmallow, and cocoa. Mm. 10.1% alcohol by volume. Ignorantly conditioned. <laughs> right. Yeah. Still trying. Lazily <laughs> conditioned. Haphazardly conditioned. Yes. 
they just kind of threw it at the yeah. barrel and whatever landed I don't in know. The, whatever landed inside the barrel got conditioned. Marshmallow truck just <laughs> <laughs> fell outside. Let's grab some of those. All those marshmallow trucks running around. When I was a teenager, I you know, grew up in Florida and uh, truck a load of oranges mm. wrecked right down the street. So get a lot of oranges. My friends and I, we were out there bagging up bags and bags and bags of oranges. It was great. What do you do with all those oranges? Well, we ate them. Oh, all right. Probably it's, gave some to friends. I yeah. don't know. I could not remember where which one was definitive on our many I, brewers I can't of Portland. Either. It was one of the ones that was across the street from Allagash. Oh, okay. Oh. I remember was, it. The one yeah. that was closest. Right to there. The almost like diagonally across the street. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's so Greg, just so you're aware, um, there is four breweries, like three other breweries like orbiting Allagash right there. So like, you know, they're just banking on the popularity of people visiting Allagash and you know, make good beer, I think. We'll we'll taste the definitive here in a moment. Don't want to pre-sell it. But. Yeah, I mean, why not? Right? I mean, if you got a mecca for beer lovers of, of sorts, then you might as well put other beer places there. Yeah. yeah. And it's it's an industrial park type mm-hmm. thing. So there's, you know, just buildings. and Is this bottle, does that mean it's bottle 93 of 250? Yes, uh-huh. it does. Yeah. That's pretty awesome. All right. So this beer pours jet black with no head. Smells amazing. Yeah, the aroma is cocoa-y, mm-hmm. boozy. Campfire, a little bit I of I did campfire. get an oakiness, a barrel oakiness first sniff. Second sniff, I was getting more dialed in on the, the cocoa part, yeah. chocolate part, or coffee part. Vanilla, big vanilla nose. Yes, lots of vanilla. Maybe a little bit of that marshmallow, too? Oh, my gosh. What? I just it's tasted awful. it. It's awful? Yeah, it's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to warm up a bit before I taste it. First, yeah. yeah first, it does I think need it does need to warm up because I took a sip and I really got like just kind of like not very good vanilla. Like almost oh, really? Like, like my first sip was kind of like plasticky vanilla. Oh. So it's not what let's I warm got. it up. Okay. So as I'm, as I'm just smelling it now, I'm getting a lot of like Dutch processed cocoa. Some of that marshmallow. Hmm. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Wonder what chocolate they used. I don't know, but it, I like it. It's a really dark, very, very dark chocolate. I'm not like the first thing that came to mind was actually Hershey's. No, nice. believe it or not, really? Yeah. Wow. Um, which is not particularly dark. Maybe they used the dark one. Yeah, it's it doesn't come across like mm. like that like pure like high cacao chocolate right. has more of that yeah. gritty chalky kind of character to it, and this one is more creamy. I had only taken one sip. Now I just had my second sip, and it's warming up a little bit. It doesn't taste as like it's <laughs> as dark of a chocolate. Yeah, 
almost a Hershey's kiss. Which is not bad, but it's also not like the deep. They they mentioned something in, in here about they think it tastes like we think it tastes like a boozy lava cake. And I think of a lava cake as more deeper in its chocolate. Less sweet. A good a good yeah. lava cake at any rate. Mm-hmm. So actually, like he, thinking of it like a lava cake, beer makes more sense to me, actually. Yeah. Um, and I like it a little bit drier, a little less of that sweetness up front, that almost like um, vanilla milkshake mix kind of flavor. Right. Um, yeah, take that out if you can. Dial that back. I, I think that, I guess they're going for that because I guess the marshmallow can kind of feel like the cream in a ganache, but... Still feels a little oversweet for me for what they're going for. Yeah. Not that it's bad, but if I'm putting it my is, big critical lens on here, mm-hmm. I think it is too sweet. Twelve point one percent. Twelve point one percent. Yeah, that's what the label says. Yeah. So the description I'm reading is from a different one than because the description I'm reading is from ten point is is a ten point one. Well, maybe that's so. It, maybe, maybe that was the number ninety two. Yeah. <laughs> Oop. Hmm. Not a beer to rush through. No. No, no it's going to be a while. We should talk about something. Have you seen anything interesting come out of CES this week? No. I, I have looked at a few things that came through and nothing that looked at all interesting. Okay. Um, I looked, only thing I really did was I looked at articles for like the weird stuff mm-hmm. at CES, um, company that's a spinoff out of CMU is making these things called moonwalkers, which are kind of like shoe skates, but they're battery powered. But you, I guess the benefit there with them is you don't have to do like a skating action, like a rollerblade or roller skating action. You just do walking. And it, they're kind of, I guess, going to be targeted for like the fulfillment people at Amazon warehouses and stuff like that. So like when you take a step, you get an extra, you know, foot or so on your step. So it saves a bunch of energy. But the shoes are only like good for like seven. Yeah, because like, the battery has to be tight. Like, yeah, there's these there's weird ass things. You um, stri- If you go to the show notes page mm-hmm. on Discord, you'll see a little image. Uh, watching a video of it in use. I'm a little less cynical of it than I was when I just heard about the idea, but I'm still pretty cynical because they invented something that roller skates have done better for what, 70 years, (laughs) you know, (laughs) like, I guess you have to learn how to roller skate. These probably have a lower learning curve, but like, all you have to do is stride with purpose is what they told the, the, the engadget guy when he was trying him out and stride with purpose, stride with with purpose. That, that is a good, like, tagline for a movie right <laughs> oppenheimer stride with purpose we watched barbie the other day yeah <laughs> we haven't seen oppenheimer yet but mm. we watched barbie good yeah. right i mean yeah good. <laughs> I, at first i like the i thought the way it wrapped up it wasn't as good but the beginning yeah. the beginning part was pretty good you could i mean just like oppenheimer you could you could shave an hour off of that one both it'd be 40 minutes <laughs> Well, no, Barbie was like an hour and Bar- Barbie was, was like two hours long, wasn't it? I don't know. I think it was like an hour 40, something like that. Yeah. yeah. But, Wasn't paying attention. 
pretty good. I mean, you got to give it up for, I mean, Ryan Gosling was amazing in it, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, he really was. It took me a minute to figure out who it was. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. Men rule the world. (laughs) (laughs) What? (laughs) And then this, you know, I usually don't love it when a, when a non-musical does a musical number, but it worked here. Yeah. When they did the Ken song. <sighs> I'm just Ken. <laughs> yeah, it was fun. There was another song in that movie that I didn't realize was from that movie, and I can't remember which one it was now. Mm. But I hear it all the time on Spotify, and I didn't realize it was from I, the yeah, movie. I don't know. I, I, I don't think it was in a. I mean, it was in the on the soundtrack, but I don't. You're not talking about one that was. It written. was in the movie. I don't know if it was written for the movie, but it was in the movie. They actually performed it and sang it. I don't remember if they. I mean, there was there was ones where they're singing in the car. Yeah, way out of Barbie town. Yeah, I don't know if it that's was. different than yeah you know, the Ken song, which mm-hmm. was a orchestration and choreography. <laughs> yeah, choreography for it. I'm not going to be able to down that one, y'all. No? No, it's just Then you better find something good to talk about. Well? I can talk about... So I've been um, learning to deal with uh, uh, Fermi, who you know is Gwazi, a snake. He's gotten better and better under my care, basically because I've learned how to sort of read him, understand him, he he's gotten much better with me. Like he's more comfortable now than he was and everything changed for him. So he got a little bitey mm-hmm. and this is a small, this is a spotted Python. This is not a big snake. So it was never any like danger or even pain to me, but it was just, it doesn't feel good when your snake bites you. Mm-hmm. you know? and, and, and you know, he's getting stressed out and all the other stuff. So, but I've, I've been, sort of just understanding him and then like, and, and watching that and watching Penrose, my leopard gecko and getting an idea of how reptiles, their cognition works. It's, it's interesting. I have uh, written some stuff down here because uh, I think that it's, some of it's good. Some of it is, some of it is very much conjecture. Some of it I think is sound, but I do think that like my dad, he has this weird, thing where he thinks that reptiles or he used to, I don't know. He thinks that reptiles and other animals are just sort of like almost like robots where they just, they're always either seeking food or like, that's it. Mm-hmm. That that's the entirety of what they do. And no, these, these animals have cognition. They're just, I think that they're slower than, than us for lots of reasons. Um, you know, they're, they're, uh, they're ectotherms, not endotherms like us. So they get more energy as they get warmer. But well, I do too. <laughs> <laughs> but uh they are they I think that they also um it, it should be noted just because they're slower doesn't mean they're like less effective. Reptiles are very successful animals. <laughs> Uh, snakes and mm-hmm. snakes are extraordinarily successful. Geckos are extraordinarily successful animals. So it's not like bad that they're slow. It's just what 
you know, they, they've found this, this way of, of living, which works. Mm -hmm. But so they, what I find they do is they kind of, they have an ego of sorts, which is, um, their, their cognition part. And, uh, that responds to, you know, so I, I would call it uh, emotional states, primitive emotional states. And I mean primitive, not in the sense that lesser, but in the sense that one of like what we call uh, emotional states, it's a building block of it. So like what we would consider something like love is probably this plus a couple other things. Um, And I think that it, it just what happens is that there's a slowness between the cognition happening and then telling the body to do something. So the, so it thinks and it tells its body to act. And there's a slowness in that. That's just a transmission of that information to the body. And then it tells itself to, and then learns from, from it, the body then tells it what it, ha what happened. And then the brain thinks again. So what you get is the reptile goes into modes and when it's in one mode, it won't go out of that mode until it thinks again. Whereas we have more of a parallel processing vibe to us. We can respond to things a lot quicker and change our state quicker. Like I don't think a reptile would put its hand on <laughs> something hot and then immediately come off. It would have to put its hand on something that wait for that response to come to his brain to tell to, to put something off. But yes, how, what's your, in this uh, framework of your understanding, how do you uh, explain like the predatorial aspect of it? Cause if they were that slow, they'd never catch anything. Well, so they go into modes uh, and, and their modes are like sleep, hunt, poop, explore, examine, uh, alarm, something is trying to eat me, right? So, I mean, they, they could they could tell their body to react in specific ways, but it seems clear, like, when they go for something, their brain told them, told them to strike, and they don't, they can't, like, stop mid-strike when they're doing that. Mm -hmm. They just, their brain has told them to strike, and they go. It's not, they're not pondering as they're doing it. In fact, ponder is probably not one of their modes. Like explore and examine is definitely there. Uh, they, they learn. I think clearly they learn because um, they get used to things and they know mm -hmm. their homes and stuff like that. Uh, they examine by smell. Tongues are quite sensitive. I don't think their eyes are very good when they're in examination mode. I think their eyes are mostly for kind of judging the overall state of things, but not when they're looking, when they're, when they're really close, they're just, they're using their tongue for stuff, but their brain probably ignores the visual field for the most part. But that's somewhat, some of my thinking on this. So if you, if you think about if once you sort of learn to read the animal it gets much, you can be much less like, scared that it's going you can sort of see okay it's in explore mode it is not looking to bite or do anything like that it's mm -hmm. just like it's 
is looking around and yeah, so you don't have anything to be worried about. So he's still biting you? No, he hasn't oh, okay. bit me for five months now. Nice. That's good. So um, just for everybody listening and for you all too, the song in the Barbie movie that I was trying to think of is What Was I Made For? What was that? By Billie for? Eilish. Okay. And it was written for, she did write it for the Barbie movie. Okay. Yeah. I don't think I have heard a single Billie Eilish song. So. Well, it's a good artist. <laughs> I'm just, people, regular listeners of the show know I'm just not into music. I know I'm weird. Um, but what are you going to do? Oop. I didn't rinse yours out yet because uh, you still had some in yours. Yeah. Here. Thank you. You're this welcome. is the, the dump bucket. Jeff found the old I found dump, the dump bucket. bucket and then proceeded to misplace it again <laughs> somewhere downstairs. I, I think the dump bucket hides. Dump bucket is it doesn't want to be the dump bucket anymore. No. Oh, is that the pink bucket that's no. outside that I keep seeing? No. Oh. No, it it's the Bud Light. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So this next beer is um from Cinderlands Brewing Company. This is an homage. Cinderlands. Cinderlands. <laughs> this is an homage to the IBU Wars back in the uh oh, back at the beginning of the show, back in the oh god, late 2010s. This is their quadruple IPA called Final Flourish. It's it's oh, only 16% no. alcohol oh by volume. <laughs> it's made with Amarillo, Chinook, Citra, and HBC 638 and Simcoe. Amarillo is the, the marquee hop here. 16 percent. We need to do a wow. percent. <laughs> Where's your sound effects? Oh. Wow. That's a good, that's a good call. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I actually like mine more. Yeah, you yours, yours was better. Wow. 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 <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, yeah, this one's it's funny that uh, oh so much time has passed that that we're waxing nostalgic about the IBU Are wars. we? No, oh, they are. They are. <laughs> <laughs> and I do have to mention that we went to Sunderland's because they had this beer, well, and those cheeseburgers. <laughs> That's why we went. That's that. actually why we went. But we did not try this beer there because neither one of us wanted to uh drink a 16 percent that that totally makes well, sense out. i don't want to drink it <laughs> so. <laughs> but you're really trying to kill us tonight i mean 12 percent on the last one 16 percent on this one what's next there's only five beers tonight <laughs> yeah cut one from the cut one back from our traditional number mm. all right so Mm. It's got a little bit of a bite. Sulfury. Mm-hmm. It's gonna have to be sweet, right? Because at sixteen percent, you put that much, yeah, malt I'm, into it. I mean, you. Thank you for rinsing out my glass. I, I was wondering if I was still smelling the vanilla, though. I'm getting this like sweet lychee kind of aroma. Mm-hmm. Is anyone else getting that? Mm-hmm. Getting the lychee? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's a good call. Almost like a caramel or toffee. 
little. Yeah, when you get enough malt in a beer to get it up to 16%, it's not going to be a thin-bodied beer, right? It's going to be... Yeah. There they are. There they are. There's that. Okay. They're breaking through. <laughs> what, the Amarillo and the mm-hmm. Schmuck? Yeah. <laughs> and the Simcoe? The final flourish. It, 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 is this the last beer they're ever going to make? It's probably the hoppiest beer. <laughs> I mean, you know, the end of history was was one of those, right? What What's the name of it again? Final Flourish. Final, Final flourish. flourish. Okay. I wasn't sure if that's what you were talking about. They had, when we were there, they had this on tap. They had a uh, triple IPA on tap. And then... They had just they picked had that barrel. They had just out. picked the double IPA, so I guess they were doing this whole run of um, big hoppy things. It's it's very hoppy. It's not terrible. No, it's really not that bitter. Yeah, you get you do get that booziness, like hoppy booziness. So it's totally reminiscent of like a one twenty kind of thing. It's not yes. as malty as a 120, but it's totally What's reminiscent. A, I, I'm Dog, sounding Dog, really... 20-minute Dogfish Head, which is oh, okay. 9%, but it's like they're 60-minute, but but they kept going. Uh, well, the, And they added more malt, too, to make because the more of those hops you put in there, the more bitter it gets and just the more overwhelming it gets. So you got to balance that with a lot of sweetness. Mm-hmm. And that's what they're doing here. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of sweetness in here to make it so you are not just blown away by the bitterness and the funkiness of these hops. Wow. It was actually better than I thought it'd be. I thought it'd be more like I agree. bracing and I thought it would be I thought it'd be difficult. very Yes, I thought it would be dank. One of those you know, um, arrogant bastard, like this is, this is a challenge. Yeah. Yeah. It, you, are you man enough to do this beer? Like, I hate that whole culture thing of like, are you up to this? And then that becoming like the standard. So right. it's just, everything has to be that or, or bigger. This They do the same thing with hot foods mm-hmm. where, you're like the the chip challenge right you're giving yeah. this ridiculously hot thing and it's like are you you know do you have enough hair on your on your chest to be able to handle this and then it's like then then everything has to be the hottest thing available and no one's making no one's using heat as like an accompaniment as opposed to the the main course which i don't think it works as right i mean i think there's I get what you're saying. A lot of things are marketed like the chip challenge, mm-hmm. hot ones. I mean, some of the hot one sauces do taste really good, right? Yep. Yeah. Oh gosh. Yeah. The the bomb tastes awful, mm-hmm. as as witnessed on the show. And some just and are the last stab stupid. Doesn't taste great. And the last stab isn't tasting mm-hmm. awful, but it's not as good as many of the hot sauces yeah. underneath it. So it doesn't have all of those flavors that right. some of the others, even like the the number eight or yeah. nine. Well, well, not eight. Eight is always the bomb. <laughs> Seven and nine. <laughs> um, at least with Thai food, like the heat can be sh- sharp, but it, but it's, but it usually ends quick too. It doesn't linger. Yeah. 
trying to think like a lot of I mean, my my heat tolerance and where I like heat is so high that most restaurants, when they say something spicy, it's tangy. You know, it's barely spicy for me. So um, and I'm not trying to brag, but, you know, there are times where you'll get something where the heat is well done with the flavor, usually in, you know, ethnic kinds of food mm-hmm. where spice is a integral part of the formulation of the dishes, yep. right? Yeah, that's normally where you see it. Um, there's not really much American food, chili, maybe, right? Where spice is a integral part mm-hmm. sometimes, barbecue sometimes, but rarely, I'd say, in barbecue because you want to really express the meat in barbecue. So yeah. the heat would just take away. Yeah. Cajun. Oh. Cajun food. Yes. So belated. Merry oh, we have Christmas. A, a little something for you this, oh, well, this thank show. You. You got me green tissue paper. Yes. Yeah, don't don't pull it out by the paper. <laughs> <laughs> ooh. And don't let the bag fool you. Ooh, it's a ooh, it's a glass with leather around it that says Greg and it has a bunch of molecules. Bunch of molecules that are found in whiskey. Oh, well, one of them is water. Yeah, <laughs> there's a couple water molecules in there. Uh, so yeah, you got a couple. All right. So this is a, this is a carbohydrate. I can tell it's a carbon chain with a carboxyl group at the end. That's carbohydrate. Um, this is, uh, a, like benzene derivative, something like that. So this is, this is an aromatic. Yeah. I'm trying to remember. Um, I'm trying to recall if I can remember. Can I see it real quick? Let's yeah. See if I recognize any of them. Well, the one that's above and to the left of your name, that's that's alcohol. And then the one underneath it is... Um, yep, carbohydrate and a sugar. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I figured, you know, what should I get, Greg? I'm like, I don't know. I saw these leather-wrapped um, whiskey glasses, and I'm like, well, I can do that with the laser yeah. cutter and everything. I, mean, I don't- You have to give me credit because I was the one who said that it needs to be... It, the whatever's on the leather oh, has yeah. to have something to do with science. Yeah, I was trying to figure out what do I put, what do I put, what do I put? And she's like, do something science. And then it's like, oh, yeah, the molecules yeah. that are in yeah. whiskey. That makes perfect sense. <laughs> That's very so. cool. But he did all of the work. That's really cool. I wonder what this one is. This one's crazy. Yeah, uh, we'll come up. I'll, yeah. We'll come up after the show or on the break. And uh, The leather does slide off of the glass so that you can wash it without... Yeah. Excellent. Washington. Thank you very much. That's wonderful. <laughs> All right. As this warms, I'm st- it's starting to get a little danker in, in like a good dank way, like in a good weed kind of way. I'm getting a little bit of that now. Mm. In a good weed way, huh? Like usually when we say that's a dank beer, usually that's a negative Oh, this is really good, actually. But, I mean, the kind I got was kind of more floral, more bright. Mm-hmm. It was a good dank. Good wow, 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 it's very nice. <laughs> <laughs> Floral's good, yeah. That's a good descriptive. Yeah, the the harshness of it. You get used to the, the, the harsher sulfur bits and the sweetness comes through. Mm-hmm. Um, it's still a lot. 16%. 
Uh, it's a it's a beer. <laughs> Probably like yeah, it's good that actually it's it's kind of good that it's going up against two big ones because it would wipe out mo- like if you tried to have a saison after this, you wouldn't be tasting anything. Yeah, no. no. Th- this entire <laughs> show is is big beers. The volume is turned up on this mm-hmm. one. The uh, the amp goes to sixteen, and I think starts at seven. So, all right. So, bring We're not back done a, yet. Oh, man, okay. I'm not done yet. I'm thinking, the, the, let me chug the dump bucket, chug, please. Chug, chug. Don't chug it. I'll just talk <laughs> about something. So, I noticed a whole bunch of like crazy, misleading headlines. On the news this week, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, posted a couple of them. So this headline's great: uh, magic mushrooms trace back to the asteroid that wiped out the dinosaurs. Now, okay, so when you read the when, <laughs> yeah. when you read the article, your initial thing is like, "What?" And then you think, "Okay, so what they mean is they go back sixty-five million years ago." Yes, exactly. There's no tie to the ecosystem mm-hmm. change or anything. The only tie is the the observations that psilocybin has been around for about 65 million years and the dinosaurs have been gone for about 65 million years. So you write a headline about the tied to the yeah. asteroid. Yeah. The next headline that got me was uh, hot sauce recall as life-threatening warning issued. Botulism? <laughs> No, that's what you would think, right? You'd think something like that. No, some of the hot sauces contained wheat, and it wasn't on the label. Which can, but that 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 doesn't 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 warrant that headline. I I don't know. Like I know that there are people who are like you know celiac and they're allergic to wheat, but I don't know anybody that is life threatening. It's not like peanuts, right? Yeah, I I mean, even you would think, even as well, even if it was, the headline doesn't warrant it. No. Uh, Definitely makes you read the I article. Will, though. I, I will say, from what I know about journalism and and what my uh, brother, my brother-in-law, and my sister have told me, all and they've worked in some of the biggest newsrooms. They don't write headlines. Yeah. the The people who write the articles do not write the headlines, so don't blame them. No, yeah, for sure. It's just like two of those were like the most tenuous yeah you know connections like overstated headlines it's like makes you wonder if ai is doing something there because did you notice the other thing i did see the other one that's hilarious it's really great so this is this is an article in ars technica where they talked about how in if you look for in Amazon, I cannot fulfill this request, like which comes from Chat GPT. You'll see things like chairs and sofas that are listed with that. I cannot fulfill this request. Because Perfect. someone just tried to, you know, hook it up to a bot that then used Chat GPT to generate something. I, I've, I've seen things like that where um, you, you see like pictures of in you know, really foreign places like out there, uh, you know, like some, somebody printed off something for their store and it says this number does not, is not available or something like that because that was what came through on the translation and just, and they don't know what English. I just saw a similar one. You'll probably appreciate this. It was a, it was a Japanese store and, you know, Japanese use English, right? Mm-hmm. They had a sale sign. It was called fucking sale. 
because whoever put it up thought, yes, fucking just meant really good. Well, yeah. (laughs) I mean, it does. The first time we were in Japan, I remember we went to a a, a pretty high level department store when they still, they still had department stores then. uh, And one of the shirts that we were thinking of getting, even though it was like 80 bucks, (laughs) it said Tokyo fucking city on it. (laughs) And it just made us laugh hysterically. Tokyo fucking city. Really good city. <laughs> yeah. Yes, I get that. And, you know, and it's too bad that was before everyone had smartphones with cameras in it. Because then I would, I would have had so many pictures of all the stuff. But yeah. Yeah. I, I, all of my trips to Japan came before iPhones. Who can even remember back that far? Yeah, I know. All right, Greg. So this Motorola. is a... One we haven't had on the show in quite a few years. I was at the beer distributor about a month ago and noticed Brooklyn Black Ops is in Pounder Cans now. All right. So, and this is Black Ops uh, aged in Four Roses barrels. Four Roses? Bourbon. Oh, gotcha. Brooklyn Black Ops? Black Ops. Black Ops, Ops like Operation. Black Ops, okay. Yeah. Obviously, it's dark. What do you remember of Brooklyn Black Ops, Greg? Do you remember? I remember that we used to really like it. Do you remember it having any flavorings or just being an Imperial Stout? I feel like it had flavorings. Okay. See, I remembered it. I thought it was just an Imperial Stout. This one is cacao, vanilla, oak, right? Um, and I, I don't know. I, I won't say I swear. Oh, no, no, no. Garrett Hall made a big point about how it didn't have any chocolate in it. Okay. Yeah. How they're, they never, how his, he tried to make a beer that tasted like chocolate without having chocolate in it. And that was Black Ops. Okay. Well, you know, well, we'll taste this one, but I was expecting old school, boozy, delicious IPA, Mm -hmm. or I'm sorry, Imperial Stout. And then, open this up and it, so i got two of these this will be the second one and uh yeah i was like oh this one has all the flavorants in it too so yeah well they say they don't say anything on their site about it having any flavoring additions no nope no nothing about adjuncts oh Okay, I guess they're just those are just flavor suggestions. They're in a box. Like those are like, I guess those are just flavor suggestions. So, yeah, the box says tasting on a, in in right. tiny words. Okay, tasting notes. Mm. Okay, so maybe it is hmm. an unadulterated IPA other than the Four Roses Barrel IPA. You keep saying IPA. I do. Yeah, yes. that's the stout I, for me. Yeah, thank you. You're welcome. So ten percent on this. We're just. Very dark. If you hold it's it up to the light, the you get definitive, some, some tans the, This one has a little bit of a head on it where the definitive yeah. didn't. Definitive was so boozy that there was just like mm-hmm. nothing. Yeah, I think the yeah. vanilla kind of kills yeah. head too. The, the aroma on this one's kind of a fusely hot booziness. It is. It is. It, it, it's a I lot higher of a booziness like than the It's more like acetone. It's closer to acetone than like boozy alcohol wine you know yeah there's a little bit of like i don't think it goes all the way to nail polish but it, it it's 
you can you could smell the 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 beginnings of that. I'm just really getting the barrel. Oh, I think this one it's interesting, but it's I think it's spoiled. There's a sour it's almost like a Flanders thing going on in there. It's like yeah. a sour tangy thing. There definitely is. So Yeah. Nope. No thanks. Mm-mm. That is too bad. Yeah, that's no bueno. I'm not gonna uh call that judgeable. I don't think that was what the brewer intended. It's not. No. See, I don't hate it though. It reminds me of like an old brune kind of flavor. I feel it. like it if I drink that, I'm gonna have a headache tomorrow. Mm. I could bring that over here. <laughs> <laughs> that would Oh, you like it? No, no, no. No, just, oh, no, no. The ease of <laughs> no, I'm just dumping the taking my wow. good old time. We just dumped out a Brooklyn Black Ops. That's sad. Oh. I'm going to rinse mine out in the sink. Be right hey, BRB. Could you, could you grab mine too? I will. Thank you. So, their canning apparently is a little suspect. Yeah. Do you want to, I kind of want to have this beer last. Do you want to wrap up or do you want to pull out another beer since we dumped that one? Uh, it's up to you, man. We need to pull out another one. Okay. Since we poured that one out, we should pour out another, or pull out another one since we poured that one out. Okay. <laughs> I wonder what the AI is going to do with the sound of a sink. I don't know. I'm curious. Oh, I'm just wondering if it's going to pick up my voice over here. I don't know. It, it may. It may. I mean, we can hear it, so probably it will. So we're talking about the AI. For those who don't know, we run our uh, sound. We run, we run the sound as a post-production thing through an AI that is supposed to cut out all of the weird noises and like mouth noises and other stuff and and the noise of of cooper the dog chewing on the bone in the background and me burping right and hopefully some of me coughing i apologize for my, my coffee i'm getting over something um probably rsv probably rsv yeah i had it over the the last week of, of christmas break so it was annoying to have all that time off and have to stay at home and do nothing uh but yeah but I got better. It wasn't COVID. Tested yeah. for that. No, I don't. I, don't think, I think Jeff still wants to save that for the next time. But we told the guy we were going to do it on the next show. Oh. I think he forgot that. Maybe. Well, I mean, wouldn't be the first time that we told a guy something and. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Turned out not to be true. So, yeah. So I, I got this sickness and it was annoying because. I hate getting like sore throat stuff, but the doctor, uh, you know, I called one of those teledoctor things. They wouldn't give me, uh, antibiotics cause they were like, this doesn't sound like it's things, but they did. The doctor did give me steroids. Yeah. And that was cool. Cause that, that helped me get through the sore throat part. And the without, coughing yeah. is bad. Mm -hmm. yeah. I've been on steroids since, uh, Thanksgiving. Really? The week after Thanksgiving. Yeah. I had some dental work done, and they apparently, when they gave me the Novocaine, they hit some nerves, mm. which caused my jaw to stiffen up and not, I didn't have 
range of motion like mm, you're supposed so you to get have. The, all that inflammation and they just went, yeah, and like that's it's been bad for her. It's been really bad for me. <laughs> <laughs> so I had uh, not ready with the one sound stand. <laughs> we're just going to continue the conversation and forget he said that. Yeah, just, just ignore him. Give it a trombone. <laughs> rude <laughs> so i had two uh i was on two rounds of steroids yeah but seems to be better they now work. good for jeff good old right? prednisone <laughs> all right so our, our next beer is the audible we pulled this one out of the fridge this is from old thunder over in blonox this is their time out of yeah time out of time Time out of time. Time out of time. So this is a Cindy Lauper song that can't... That's time after time. Oh, oh, okay. <laughs> time out of time. You ta- you're talking about something from the Goonies. Of course, I'm going to know something from the Goonies. <laughs> what was the Cindy Lauper Goonies song? Goonies are. Goonies are good enough. Goonies are. <laughs> That's it. Well, we didn't do this one. We're doing it. Jeff must oh, okay. have saved that for last. So. Okay. Time. Time out of time. An English-style barley wine aged in old Fitzgerald wild turkey and buzzards roost whiskey barrels for one year. I'm sorry, who makes this? Old Thunder. Old Thunder, okay. Old Thunder. They make some good beers. All right. Beer pours uh, ruby. I got something. What's that? There's a lot floating on the top of mine. Do you have a lot of stuff, a lot of floaties on your? Uh, No. Or maybe it's just. I don't see any floaties. No, it's not floaty. We didn't get anywhere near the bottom of the bottle, so. Looks like lava, though, doesn't it? If you look at the top. Amber lava? Amber lava, yeah. It's got sort of wisps of. uh, Yeah, I mean, hold it up like this with the light shining down into it. Looks like lava. Yeah. I mean, I can see the resemblance. It's got, yeah, it's got little, little bubbles turned like a little crisp. Yeah, yeah. I mean, high ABV v- <laughs> beers tonight, so <laughs> just don't mind me. You just have to Instagram it and put it up on the Craft Beer Radio Instagram, and then people can I follow. I forgot up. we have that. Too many Instagrams to follow. Mm, okay, yeah, so- we don't do much on the Craft Beer Radio Instagram, but we do have a Discord. If you go to our website, you'll find a link to join the the invite link for the Discord mm-hmm. server, mm-hmm. and uh, we have a chat on there. Well, I'll take a picture of this so that I can put it on the Instagram. I definitely get like toffee notes. Not really getting much whiskey. Yeah, I'll let this thing warm up a bit. Um, That's lava. Yeah. Absolutely. That is lava. Looks just like what Anakin Skywalker f- or fell into and burned up his arm when he didn't have the high ground. Yeah. Um. So it's interesting because on on this site for the old, old Thunder and they're they're showing this stuff. They also talk about artwork. Mm-hmm. Uh. And uh, in this case, the artwork uh on there is by a guy named Nick Ackman. What I thought as soon as I saw it was oh. Oh wow, brewers are going to start using AI to make artwork now, aren't they? Probably, yeah, 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 a lot cheaper. Yeah, a lot cheaper. I mean, our cover cover art's AI. Uh huh. <laughs> My team's background is AI. 
for all of my meetings. Sure. Why? I mean, everybody thinks it's in my house. <laughs> I wish the the one the one problem with AI artwork is that you can't copyright it. So if you use AI for your artwork for your beer, anybody can take it. Mm, interesting. Really? Really. You, you cannot copyright there, there, it. That was a U.S. patent office decision, I think. I forget where it came from, but that was sometime last year, I think. So that was one of the fine print things that we had to agree to when we decided we were going to start using it. Um, I don't know if that's in like the fine print, but it's it's a decision that was made by the copyright office or the patent office or something that you can't, that AI images cannot be copyrighted. Hmm. Interesting. Well, while we're warming the beer up, let's give it another minute. Shannon and I found or were turned on to this new YouTube channel that we love. <laughs> do we? Do we? We kind of do. Do it's we? so good. Maybe for it's, you. It's called What Makes This Song Stink? Okay. And a guy named Pat, Pat Finnerty does it. He's out of Philly. He's plays in different bands. But uh, he... Um, He's funny, he's self-deprecating, he doesn't take himself too seriously, but basically he goes through these popular songs. His first episode was uh, Kryptonite from Three Doors Down, mm-hmm. and talking about why that song stinks, and like all of like the ripped off chord progressions, and like it's just this song. Like his second one was the Kid Rock song, All Summer Long, that's half Sweet Home Alabama and half Werewolves of London, you know, like <laughs> it's so bad. Um so check out Pat Finnerty. The that's that if you if you search for what makes this song stink on YouTube, you'll probably get the episodes. But it's not like a whole channel all unto itself. But it's pretty good. Yeah, it's, it is. Kind of hurt my heart a little bit though on a few of those episodes. I guess he modeled it after another YouTube called What Makes This Song Great, which a guy oh, named okay. Rick Beato does, right? And they, you know, you just get super into it whenever Pat gets into like the weeds a little bit like starts naming chord names and things like that he does this like Tourette's exclamation of Beato like and then gets off of it and goes back to just having fun with it so <laughs> so, so I guess he's he's talked about some song based on your reaction that you like and, and yeah. yeah yeah it's all his opinion so don't you know don't take it too well hard. I mean but what he's just some schmuck on the internet the the but the points that he makes Mm-hmm. about the songs they're valid and well, and then it makes me turn around and look at the song and go oh he's right like that yes yeah really shitty like <laughs> that sucks that song actually does suck <laughs> well and now i'm mad because it just ruined me <laughs> there's the old canard that you know lesser artists borrow great artists steal first of all uh everyone is Borrowing off everybody else to some degree. So I wouldn't take any of that necessarily as uh, like the final word. No. If he makes a decent point and you're like convinced <laughs> by it, then okay. Yeah. I mean, I'm still going to like this. Some Most of the songs, some of them, he made such valid points that now if I hear it, I'm like, oh, you know, I can't. I can't listen to that again. I mean, <laughs> for example, Jeff, you still like Led Zeppelin, even though they stole most of their stuff from like old, <laughs> old blues artists. And old stuff. blues artists, right? Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. So Pat Finnerty show, what makes this song stink? And let's get back to the time out of time. 
from Old Thunder Brewing Company. Time Out of Time does sound like a like a, a cheap paperback you'd see in in the sci-fi area. It does. Some, it does. Of a bookstore. Or it just reminds me of a song. Can't mm-hmm. think of what song. No, the logo is an <laughs> eagle was carrying a pocket watch. And I think the eagle has sunglasses. So let me see. Let me see this this artwork by Nick Ackman. Speaking of time, mm-hmm. so Monday I'm going to go back in time three hours go because back I'm traveling. In time. Yeah, going to Seattle. Mm-hmm. I am. Well, at least you're going to a fun place alone. Yeah, I'm not going. She's going to be so busy. I'd be sitting like the hotel room, like, you coming home tonight? Mm. <laughs> like, no. So I decided not to go. Well, that and the weather's going to be just as, almost as bad. That- oh, that's right. Yeah, there's there's another storm coming in, isn't there? We're, we're, we're in El Nino year, baby. Yeah. So, I don't know. It's going to be like 37, 36 and raining. So- that's what I've been watching recently on, on, on YouTube. Ryan Hall. This, 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 uh, he's a, um, weather forecaster and, and he has a, he has Ryan Hall channel, but the, the channel that, that I've watched more is the Ryan Hall y'all, which is when he gets sort of, he talks more about the weather forecasting, he gets sort of a little bit deep into it. And he, so it, you watch a couple of these and you start to really learn what forecasting really is, how to read these maps, how the, what what it means when they say this is an El Nino year, like how to understand the weather patterns that are happening. It's been really cool for me, like learning this stuff from him. And, and uh, so I would not say this, like I know all the stuff about weather now. I'm not like, it's not scholastic in any sense, but I now know a lot more of what to expect and how to read like weather maps and how to understand what's, happening and and what the models are doing and telling you about stuff like a lot of the advanced models are not telling you there is going to be snow in pennsylvania they're telling you there's going to be a storm because of these conditions Mm -hmm. and where it hits is kind of variable but that it will hit is not so yeah a lot of those things are it's really interesting to to learn to to be learning all this stuff and watch that stuff. I think he does a great job presenting. What is this one? It's called Ryan Hall Y'all. Ryan Hall Y'all. I'll remember that. Y'all. Y'all. Well, my favorite words. Unlike Hall, yins. Yeah. I mean, like you can't, can't don't, like don't that look word. at me. I wasn't I'm not around here. Jeff's the guy who was born here. Yeah, yeah I, I just can't. He's responsible for you. I am. I can't like that word. You don't I just can't. All right, the beer. Okay. I'm 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 water. That's me. Water. Say water with a water. 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 All right, beer. Beer. It, it was really sweet the first sip I took. So I was. So I'm gonna try another sip. The aroma on it is kind of caramel toffee something like that not too boozy on the nose you know how they said way back when that barley wines were like the old grandma at the bar that's what she that's what she drink because it was just a little sweet thing Uh that's what this tastes like this (laughs) kind of tastes like sweet tea 
a little bit. Oh, a sweet tea, a, a sun tea, a sweetened sun tea. Yes, that I could, I could go with. I'm not a fan though. Yeah, it's 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 just I don't, there's something about it. I just. This makes me not like barley wines yeah. because I've had a few that I haven't liked. I've had a few that are great though, so I don't want to categorize myself as a person who doesn't like a barley wine. But this one is definitely on the list that it, I'm is, not a fan. Well, you like that old Ebenezer from Cinder- yeah, yeah. Cinderland? Yeah, I did. I I am 100 percent on your side, Shannon, because I feel like barley wines can be hit or miss, mm-hmm. and. Yeah, I've had great barley wines, but I've also had barley wines that are like this, and I'm just like not into it. And I totally agree with you. What they say on here for tasting notes, uh, expect notes of English toffee, yeah, toasted okay. almonds, Luxardo cherries, and a fine old whiskey. Don't taste any whiskey. I don't taste any Luxardo. Don't taste Luxardo, really. Mm-mm. Almonds, maybe? English toffee, sure. Mm-hmm. Grab that bottle of Luxardo. Because I'm talking I about think, the cherries, I know, not the I know, but so you have a bottle of the Luxardo liqueur. Yeah, and I actually think it might have a hint of that in it, even though I just said otherwise that I don't taste Luxardo cherries. Mm-hmm. So Luxardo liqueur no. is um, it's a cherry liqueur. So they use cherries, ferment them, distill it. And then the Luxardo cherries are soaked in the Luxardo liqueur, but then it's added, then the, the sugar syrup is added to it at packaging time. I will tell you about a new cocktail I learned about that's awesome mm-hmm. and easy. Okay. I don't know how they can say Luxardo cherries. Because it's a one to one, it, it's a it's a one to one to one to one. Okay. Um so you have it's a it's a whiskey cocktail. So, um, some sort of whiskey, bourbon, whatever. Okay. Um, not Campari, but, um. Aperol. Aperol. Thank you. Amaro, which is another sort of thing like that. And lemon juice. One, lemon one, juice. one, one, one. Yeah. Somehow it works. It works really well. Really? I, I, I thought Amaro was like a kind of liqueur. Yeah. It's 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 a lot like Campari. It's okay. it's a because we were just at a restaurant, um, place where I had dinner the other night. Dianoyas, Dianoyas, and they had like twenty different amaros. They have an amaro mm-hmm. of the month kind of thing. So I I don't know what they are, uh-huh. but to me it seemed like it was like a very extremely variable thing. Yeah. So like. Just from my small sample size of seeing they have 20 Amaros. And they There's have... a specific Amaro that, that's supposed oh, okay. to be with, with, with this, but I, I tried a different Amaro and it was still great. Okay. So, But this is called Paper Plane. It's, it's actually a relatively new cocktail made after the name of the, uh, named after the song, as a matter Paper... of fact. Oh, I love that song. Yeah. So um, it's a really good cocktail. And uh, somehow all the flavors come together. I think the lemon juice really, you would think, you know, it's a lot of lemon juice, but it, it, it manages to get it all working. So, yeah. Paper plane. Paper Look at it. Yeah. Sounds good. So, I don't know what to do with this now because it, this feels better. Th- like, it feels like I shouldn't pour it out. But at the same time, I don't like it it's, that much. Yeah, it's not worth sobriety. Yeah. 
dump bucket's getting some good use tonight. Mm-hmm. Well. That was disappointing. Yeah, let's move on to the final beer of the evening. This is one we picked up when we were at Hill Farmstead. And this is Works of Love, which is a collaboration with Hill Farmstead, The Lost Abbey, and Russian River Brewing Company. All right. So there's a pedigree there. Yes. Okay, so... um... 6% 6% occupy volume. It's, you know, Sean was joined by Vinny and Natalie from Russian River and Tommy Author of Lost Abbey. Farmstead Ale It's rested for nearly a year in French-American oak wine barrels and was conditioned atop Vermont-grown cherries and blackberries and conditioned the bottle for two years. Greg, you need to go look in the living room. Oh, has he destroyed the... That's fine. He so has choke on it. Yeah, I have to go rescue him. You can have that or dump. That's I'm fine. I'm gonna take a picture so I can put it on Discord. Oh wow! <laughs> hey, buddy. Wow, that did not last. They're like, yeah, that's this is his, young. That's his mission in life. It was. It was funny because when I went to the place, I was like, I need something. Yeah, to, um, dog's gonna chew through. So once something, you know, powerful. They, after I selected this one they said well we also have this these leather and this tied up thing and i was like i'm gonna tear through those yeah there's um i think i told you that i found this one on facebook it was being advertised as an indestructible toy Mm -hmm. but it wasn't warranted against destruction We have a couple toys that he, he, he has one that he got for Christmas last year that he, the squeaker still works, mm-hmm. which is amazing because every other squeaky toy that he's ever gotten, he's removed the squeaker from yeah. it and broke it in 20 minutes. And he's had a, a toy with a squeaker for 13 months now. So that's just insane. It's impressive. I mean, that was, that was a pretty, it, it felt substantial enough to not, uh-huh. You know, but I guess now he just destroyed that. I, 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 the other stuff, some of those I've brought other things that yeah, have lasted, some, right? Um, yeah, no, there's a few that he still has that you've brought, but no, this one's shredded. Good boy. <laughs> Thanks, Greg, for bringing me something I could. It gives him a, a feeling of satisfaction to yeah. have destroyed it all. Sure. And, you know, they're not ridiculous, they're not expensive. They're. I worry about him choking on the shit. I, I get it. That's why I try to get the ones that, that yeah, don't or, fall or apart. Get it, yeah, so like we're getting like an impacted bowel or something yeah, like that. You yeah. know, eating too much stuffing or whatever. So <clears throat> yeah, I got him one with stuffing once, and that was the wrong idea. So now I get him all stuff that's like really hard to chew through. Yeah, yeah, you're thirsty, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Plastic, not a lot of moisture in that. <laughs> okay, out. Go. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> all right. Works of love. I mean, this show is all kinds of weird tonight. All kinds. Shooey. Sorry, folks. All right. All right. What? Oh, it's dark. Works of love. For some reason, I thought it was going to be a. Uh, I don't it's know a why I thought there's on. We've already established wine that barrels, none of them. cherries and blackberries. We got ourselves a, a a tart one. 
Do we? I don't know. Like, if it didn't have adjuncts, you might call it a Flanders uh, or a wild American Wild Ale, but it has a lot of tart adjuncts. So yeah, the the cherry really like rips through. Like, like it comes across like how when I've had beers like the Bell's Cherry Ale with the Michigan cherry mm-hmm. is really tart. It's definitely on the nose, very tart. The the blackberries come through kind of like later in the flavor, and it gets like a blackberry jam. It's pretty distinct. You know, it's not just berry melange, but like a distinct yeah. blackberry at the end. Mm-hmm. After the last few. I think it's a flight thing because we had one of these on Thanksgiving or Christmas. I had this after Christmas dinner. Yeah. And I don't remember coming across bracingly tart either there's variation in the bottles or it's a flight thing maybe i'll give you an idea though um the drink i was talking about here planes is one quarter lemon juice and it's not nearly as tart as this okay (laughs) so this is this is like yeah you are you are getting something really sour here now they are also because it's Telling that it's a it's an ale a dark ale that was aged on it. We're not getting much in the way of additional yeast things, right? Maybe there was some stuff that was on the cherries and and the blackberries, but that was mostly just in the barrel conditioning that that Mm -hmm. happened. Yeah. So I mean, the barrels. I mean, we're talking about Hill Farmstead. The barrels might have been barrels with culture. You know, not fresh barrels, not fresh wine barrels, but barrels that have been doing things in the brewery for a while, Mm -hmm. and they have been inoculated and contain a culture. Sure. But the primary fermentation wasn't with this, so there there wasn't using a wild yeast for primary fermentation. I don't think, the more I drink this, the more I don't think it's a flight thing. I think it's a variation in the bottle. The one we had before was more like a Flanders Red or an old Brune, where it was more sweet tarts. You know, and it wasn't crazy sharp cherry like this. That's definitely tart. Yeah. So you missed it, but I was saying that the, the cocktail that I was talking about that's a quarter lemon juice yeah. is not as tart as this. Really? Mm-hmm. That surprises me. It just sounds like a lot of lemon juice. The The reason why it's a great cocktail is because it manages to to work. All the flavors come together really well. Yeah. So... But here, I think that the 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 cherries yeah, in this bottle, mm-hmm. the the tartness is overwhelming a lot of the extra flavor. So you're not really getting, I think, some of the really probably pretty exceptional flavors that are here. Does it just need to warm up some more? This one's been it's out since gonna... before the show. Maybe. Oh, so well, I don't. I think it's a variation in the bottle. The cherries are a neat flavor, but it's one note mm-hmm. and. That's all I'm getting. The one we had after Christmas dinner was a much better beer. It was more nuanced. There was more things going on in it. Yeah. Well, let's, because we can't really make it worse, let's drag, get some of the dregs yeah. and add some to our glass and see if it softens the beer. This is the lowest alcohol beer of the night at 6%, so we're not hurting ourselves sobriety-wise. And yeah, there, there's a lot in the... Bottom of the barrel, we're getting a lot of uh, so juice in there. Shake that up a little bit, see if that changes. Brightens it up. 
Not really. No. Still just cherries. Just muddles it. Just muddles it a little bit. Yeah. It's so that's weird. A, actually, it's a good word <laughs> to describe it. Mm-hmm. Muddles it. That is so weird. Such a variation between the two bottles. Disappointment reigns. Yeah. I guess it's time so to do much some ranking here. I love Hill Farmstead, so I'm really, yeah, sad about that. Hmm. Uh, we just keep popping corks on beers until we find something good to end with, but that could be dangerous, right? Yeah. So are we taking the Brooklyn Black no, Ops no, that, out of that, it the Brooklyn altogether? Black Ops doesn't, we're, we're just going to take that one out altogether. That is clearly not what the brewer intended, so that's not rankable. Wow. I, the question is, is this rankable? This is. I don't think this is what the brewer intended. I think it's, I I think think it's, rankable. it's rankable. It's still clean beer. It's just super cherry. Mm. Which makes me sad to have to rank it. Yeah. I would have never anticipated never. this ranking. At, ver- at various points in the show, I would have never anticipated this. Um, yeah, let's go with this. I'm going to put the the works of love, the one we're drinking right now, in fifth place. Mm-hmm. Um, the the cherries, if you want like a super tart cherry beer, it is what it is. It it's that, and it's not it's not wrong, but it's not drinkable. It's 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 a struggle to enjoy, and it deserves fifth place. I'm going to put the old thunder time out time out of time in fourth place. It was just kind of a sweet, almost like sweet tea kind of. I've never had a barley wine that's come across so sweet and um, it's just like like fucking lucky charms. Old English, yeah. It tea was. It was not like sugar. it was like a sweetened tea, hot tea, cold tea, whatever. It was mm-hmm. more. It was closer to that than it was to beer. Like it, it just didn't bring the beer. Uh, I'm gonna put the definitive. Um, kiln in the third place it was better but it still was pretty sweet you know mm-hmm. i'm gonna put the the shredding pow in second place that one was really good um had some really neat flavors to it kind of um super bright super fresh hopped like yeah gritty mm. and then the, the top two are kind of a toss-up, but I'm going to award top place to the Cinderlands, the final flourish, because they were shooting for the moon. <laughs> and they actually landed the fucking thing. Like, <laughs> Unlike was, the thing that went up in um, most recently in the Vulcan. Yeah. They actually landed the thing. Like, I mean, how many times are people going to do a beer like this and we're going to be like, well, that's pretty good. <laughs> like, And especially by the end, it was like, so that gets my top place. It's an interesting point. Make sure um, you take a picture. Oh yeah, let me grab a photo here. Yeah, it, it's hmm. that's a that's a decent point. Yeah, uh, it it could sway my vote, but it's not going to because yeah. I already have my votes in. So I'm oh, going right. to go. You go next. All right. Well, in last place, I'm going to go with the same Hill Farmstead. I rank mine in in alphabetical, like A, just like a report card. (laughs) So this one got a D, which really makes me sad because I really, I love Hill Farmstead. It's not what our our experience has been. No, don't give them letter grades. That's not our thing. (laughs) Sorry. I have to. That's the only way I can keep track. Yeah. 
All right, Old Thunder next in fourth place. And then I'm going to go with um, actually Sunderland's. Unlike you, Jeff, I really don't care mm-hmm. if they shoot for the moon. I'm. It was really good, but I'm taking points off of it because I am not drinking a beer to get shit faced. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I don't a want a sixteen percent ABV IPA. Um, so that's really the reason. It was a really good beer. But I just don't want to get shit-faced, so. Anyway, that's third place. Second, I'm going with Definitive. And uh, first place, Greg, you'll be very pleased to hear that I'm going with the Hot Farms um, Shredding Pow. Um, the West Coast IPA, which yeah, surprises you, yeah, me you because... Yeah, West Coast IPA I, Cannot believe I picked a West Coast IPA. Is there IPA. any more of the, the kiln left? Yeah. I, I don't remember it that much, and I want to. And I, I but I do have to make a really good point here. Mm-hmm. Be, I, I said that I, um, oh, no, you okay, know, well, give letter grades wait, wait, wait. to these. Like, like when they said that they thoughtfully conditioned, you said you have to make a really good point. So it better be a really good point. Oh, well, it's probably not then, but <laughs> I'm going to make a point. <laughs> <laughs> I alphabetize these like a report card, mm-hmm. right? Yep. And as I'm moving along, say I give the first one a B, if the next one is a little bit better, then I'll give it a B plus and then a B plus mm-hmm. plus or a B minus or C or D, whatever. I have to point out that there isn't a single cue card here that has an A on it. My thinking exactly. So. I, 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 I agree. No, Nothing here. None of these were like, wow, or that's awesome. Nothing. Yeah. Although. You should take a picture. Oh, yeah. Make it last longer. Got it. 1983. <laughs> <laughs> oh, did y'all hear that? Yeah. Probably. You can stop that now. <laughs> so, yeah. So the kiln is the one that is the Hershey light. Yes. yes. Hershey's Kisses. Yeah, okay. So if you could pass those. I will. Here you go. There you go. There you go. And there you go. And there you go. Do I need to move my phone? Uh, There we go. Let me take a picture of mine. So have it. All right. So somewhat similar. Not exactly the same. In last place, uh, time out of time because I couldn't finish it. Mm-hmm. Okay. I mean... Fair. I'm not going to rank that higher <laughs> than anything else. When I, I could finish the works of love. Mm-hmm. It was just kind of... It was... It was... Um, why should I? You know, that's a good point. Because I poured out the time out of time. I did not pour out... I'm still actually drinking the works of love. So, I'm... Should have probably reversed this. Part of it is 6% versus 12%. You can afford True. to finish. If they were equal, you have more sobriety invested in the maybe time out of time. So the definitive, yeah, it's just kind of, yeah, so I should take another picture because I, I changed my ranking here. Dun, dun, dun. Where's um, the sound effects? <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
again. <laughs> Not what I pictured. No, I don't have a dumb thing. I don't do. I have a... Mm. Okay. All right. <coughs> Excuse me. <laughs> time out of time in last place. Couldn't finish it. Definitive in, in fourth place. Tasting it again. Because I had forgotten how Hershey it was. It's very Hershey. Um tastes adjuncty so mm-hmm. like you know not not anything particularly special uh works of love yeah it it loses a lot of points because it just it was just tart but it was clean mm-hmm. and tasty tart so i think it's above the other two which have more problems yeah I could, I could agree. I, I could. I'm not going to go back and mm-hmm. try to correct the record. I cast my vote. And yeah, I have to live with that regret. Of... But no, you make a very valid point. It is valid. Um, yeah, I guess the Cinderlands for me was just too, too much. As much as I appreciate, yeah, swinging for the fences. Um, you you, you strike out a lot when you swing for the fences, you know, it, and, um. It it only was it's only good in comparison to these other three, to me. It's okay. not particularly good. Mm-hmm. Um, it's fine, and frankly, so is the shredding pal. It's fine, but I think it's more of a drinkable beer than the Cinderlands, particularly in the alcohol level. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I agree with you. There's no A's. I argue there probably aren't any. High level bees, no, at the very least. I don't think I have any high um, level. Well, I only because I started out with a yeah. B on the first one. You got to fix your bell curve. Yeah, I do. Yeah, so yeah, shredding power wins. Yeah, by by because it's graded on the curve, uh, and that's you start with L. First beer always an L. Then <laughs> you got you know twenty. You gotta start making tier side. lists, like those tier lists where you know S is the top. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's um that's me. Oh, are you bad to the bone? You are. You're bad to the bone. So bad to the bone. Are we gonna do MFK? Yes, we have to. Oh, okay. Yeah, I guess we do. Part of our part of our new tradition. Mm-hmm. All right. There's not really any Marys in this show. I don't want to marry any of them. It'll be a short, short one. In and out. (laughs) I'm not marrying any. I mean, look the 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 rules for for Mary Fuck Kill haven't really been. No, they haven't really been like come. We haven't really come up with standardized rules yet. So if you want to say I'm not going to marry anybody, we can allow that. I'm I'm going to be single, but I might fuck. The Cinderlands, yeah. because I mean, it's sixteen percent, and if I want to have a mm-hmm. good time and just get shit faced, then that's the one I'm gonna do it with, right? No, you're gonna do it with like rum or bourbon. Well, if I only have <laughs> beer, if you only have a very expensive <laughs> beer from Cinderlands, <laughs> and um, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm killing time out of time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
I'm going to kill Black Ops. So neener. Oh, we didn't. <laughs> that wasn't on the list. We NA'd that. So I didn't include that We didn't that decide one. Whether, whether that matters for, for Mary Fuck Kill okay, yet. Okay, well, so, if I would yeah, kill it, then, uh, if I could, You've already killed. You've, oh, already, you, you've committed murder. Like, that, you, you've made you the just, choice that you're not going to marry anybody. Jeff has made the choice that he's going to put Black Ops on there. But... As a consequence, you have to marry somebody. I have to marry somebody. Yeah, you have I'm to gonna marry. marry. <laughs> All right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to marry the Hill Farmstead, which was my fifth place beer, but I don't know. Why you, made, you, why? you made some very good points in your ranking, mm-hmm. and I'm going to have to marry that one. So, and it's I'll, just drinkable, fairly. Uh, Cinderlands. Okay. Okay. So, uh, for me, the kill is, is clearly time out of time. I, I, I give the, the, the Black Ops a pass. Which one was that? Uh, did you say Mary? No, this is a kill. Oh, kill. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Um, I'm I'm going to fuck the works of love. I actually, I don't think it's bad. It's just tart, and that's it. You like tart? I mean, you know. Once in a while. You're in Vegas, you're drunk. When in Vegas. You see, you know, it, it's, it, it's, she's a bridesmaid, and looking for a good time and you're just like yeah of a tart night um marry i guess i marry shredding pal because i like the yeast underneath it so maybe she has a lot of money <laughs> all right <laughs> lots of lots of guys marrying women for their money <laughs> this was a weird show it was are we doing an after show? I think so, yeah. Wait, it's an after show or it's karaoke? No karaoke. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta, last time, I gotta leave for the airport at last 4 Last time we did karaoke, you left at 3 o'clock. Uh-huh. Tori kept us up till 6 quarter till 7. Wow. Yeah. I had a feeling it was gonna last longer, so that's what I'm sort of part of why I left. Um, but we can talk about that in the post show, because yeah, I want to talk about um, that, because that was. I, I really enjoyed that night, even though it ended up lasting long. And, but I think it was, if if you had some a, almost a better way to do karaoke. So I want to talk about that. Yeah, okay, let's do it. I'll do it in the post show. See y'all. Thanks everyone for putting up See with us for ninety minutes. There's more in the post show. Y'all, y'all. <laughs> <laughs>